It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside the Birds is back, and we are back at the all-new Market Tavern here on 30th Market, downtown Center City. Great Irish pub that has been our home these Fridays here throughout December, the holidays, and Happy New Year to everybody. We've also got a wild card showdown to preview for the next hour between the Eagles and the Chicago Bears. Adam Kaplan on my right, Jeff, Mo- Jeff Mosher here, former Eagle Billy Osborne fiddling with the laptop on my left. What's up, fellas? You guys good? Glad to be here, man. This place is awesome. If you've never been here before, it's right next to 30th Street Station. Here, right next to 76, the Schuylkill. Great place to be. Great atmosphere. Great beer, by the way. And great food. Absolutely. Awesome place. Absolutely. Love it. In fact, you're uh, scarfing sounds, down yeah, some kind of uh, like a vegetarian egg roll there. Wrap. And me and Ozzy were chowing down on a little bit of uh, cheese curds with some fries. We got some brisket coming later. So we're going to have a great time. Of course, though, we're going to talk about this Eagles matchup, as we always do. And a reminder that Inside the Birds is powered by Defend Your Head, makers of Protect Softshell Helmet Technology. All right. There's a lot of things that we've got to go through with this matchup. But, Adam, I'm going to start with you. And it's kind of a cliche, but I think it's a really important question. And I actually think it's pertinent to this matchup. Are the Eagles the, quote, that team that you don't want to play right now? Well, Jeff, first of all, teams don't go in and say, well, we're scared of that team. But any team that watches the Eagles tape right now, they're a team that's executing at a pretty high level. They're sort of overcoming their limitations in the secondary. Maybe a little bit at running back. But the bottom line is, right now, this, this win, not a win streak, five out of six is pretty strong. This is team has got itself together. So, yes, I think what would happen is if they do beat the Bears this week, you're starting to look at a team that's got a lot of confidence. That would mean six out of seven. This is not what we expected after they lost to the Saints. No, definitely not. And I think to your point, the, the Bears very easily could have put backups in. They had the third seed wrapped up. The Rams were kicking the crap out of the 49ers by halftime. They could have easily packed it in and tried to lose that game. 
but they didn't, which means they weren't afraid of the Eagles because they knew that was the team they were going to play. So while the Eagles kind of have that appearance of the, quote, that team you don't want to play right now, you can't technically say that because the Bears knew they were going to have to play the Eagles. But this is a unique situation, Oz, because every time there's a playoff matchup, there's always one team that's supposed to be there that had the expectations and the other team that's, you know, especially in the first round that, you know, got there through unconventional methods, right? So I'll ask you this. Who is the pressure on? Is it the third-seeded Bears or the sixth-seeded Eagles? I would have to say it's the Bears, and I think it's because of the higher-seeded team. They're playing at home. Um, Everybody kind of expected them to be in. They had their shot low. You know, they already were kind of loaded up before. And Uh all of a sudden... Yes, all of a sudden, you know, things happen. It's just crazy how <laughs> things can say. happen. You don't say. Exactly right. So, in this world of... <laughs> I don't uh, even know how to begin to describe to people know. listening what just happened. Yeah, but it was, uh, it's an there's a big joke inside here. joke in there. Right, so Two big ones, to be yes. honest. <laughs> Go ahead. So... Who's the pressure on? I think the pressure was just on me right there, yeah, real quick. Just hit the restart yeah, button. It's just so funny. But the bottom line is that the uh, I think it's on the Bears because they're the third seed. They're playing at home. It's the playoffs, and they're the favorite. All right. Can I make a counter argument to that? Because I, I I understand what you're saying, and in every situation, I would probably agree with you. I actually think though the pressure is on the Eagles more, and I'll t- and I'll explain why here. A, the Bears are a little bit. I don't want to say lucky to be here, but nobody thought that they were going to be the third seed. Kind of like last year, nobody thought the Rams were going to be the third seed. And when Atlanta Falcons went and beat them, nobody went, oh, the Rams are – I mean, nobody even cared about that, right? I feel like the Eagles, much like the Falcons last year when they beat the Rams, this was supposed to be the new norm. They were having a bad, disappointing season. We had questions about coaching decisions, players the way they were playing, Carson on down to the defense and everything. They're supposed to be in the playoffs from a talent perspective. So I think if the Bears lose this game, nobody's going to be shocked. Nobody's going to be surprised. Maybe Vegas, because for whatever reason, they have the Bears heavily favored. But if the, if the Eagles lose, I don't know. I mean, Doug Peterson's new. I think the expectations right now are that the Eagles should win this game. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, the, the, In Philadelphia, they certainly are, well, they, of course. They, Yes, but no, but no, no, wait, wait. If they, if, though, wait, but wait, 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 hold on. If the Eagles were playing the Saints this weekend, I don't think the Eagles fans would be like, oh, they should definitely win this game. But the narrative, and I believe this too, I think the Eagles are the better team. And I think Philadelphia thinks the Eagles are really the better team here. Right now, I feel like that's a team the Eagles have, has a lot of momentum. But let me tell you something. Talking to Viking sources, Bear sources, that performance the, the Bears licked, and you, you, you set it up, that they, they put on the Vikings, mm-hmm. they, are really, they are a really good football team, though I think they have some flaws in offense. Their defense, and I know we're going to get into it over the next hour, Yeah, it will not be easy. This is similar, though, to when the Eagles played the Vikings in the championship game. I felt, and most people felt, the Eagles were going to have trouble scoring, and then you know what happened. Now I know if the circumstances have changed. Things change, but the, the bottom line is, the Eagles have a lot of momentum right now in terms of pressure. I think it's expectations. The Bears, people think the Bears. What is the, expected of the Bears? There, there's to a win re- this game? I, I think so. I think nationally people think the Bears are going to win. Very few people think the Eagles are going to win this game. I, I see. I disagree well, the, with who's that. Who's the favorites? Is Eagles? The Eagles are no, no. The Rams Bears are, are the six Bears point are, are six-point favorites. Okay. And I, all I've heard all week is that people can't understand why the Bears are getting that much of a, a point differential that compared to every with. other playoff team. Yeah. 
And again, I'll go back to last year. I think the Rams made the playoffs. They were the three seed. They won seven more games than the year before, right? Just like this year's Bears team. Nobody thought they were going to be here. They won seven more games than last year. They've got a first-year head coach and a second-year quarterback, who not a lot of people love, by the way. I, I, I think people, if you remove Chicago and remove Philadelphia from the equation, I think a lot of people expect the Eagles to win this game. Not nationally. Locally, obviously, they're fans. What do you expect them to say? That's why I yeah. said if you remove yeah. Chicago yeah. and Philadelphia. No, I think people nationally. People I've spoke to outside no. this market. Actually, people I've spoke I've spoken to three people in Chicago who say they think the Eagles are the better team. So here, I, I mean, I, I, NFL people think that the Bears are the favorite here because of how well their defense is playing. Exactly. And if you look at the last five weeks of where they're trending, mm-hmm. I don't think they've given up more than 20 points in a game for the last four or five weeks. So their defense is really, really trending. Okay. I'll get, I'm going to get their last five weeks. Pull it up for us. I know that they have not allowed more than 17 points in their last five weeks, which is pretty good. And, and Jeff, one of those games was the Rams, and they held them to six. The only time where you, you might have questioned what happened was at home when they lost to the Patriots, but I didn't know this, so they told me they gave up two special teams touchdowns. Like, they gave up over 30 points? Well, not quite. They gave up two special teams touchdowns. So their defense, Bill's right, it's playing off the hook, and, and we'll get into that matchup. Well, let's, This let's, is going to be a fun game. By the way, this is going to be a fun tactical game. I this agree. Is, this is the of of the four of the four games. This is my favorite game. It has no has no bearing on that. We're doing Eagles podcast. I can't wait for the tactical matchup. Schwartz and his wide nine against a college offense from Matt Nagy. And this is where you really have to. Special teams do come into play. Field position comes into play. This is where when you're thinking about like on third or fourth down, where you punt the football so that you know they have to go to long field. Don't take any chances. I mean, these are uh, this is a game where. You know, it's it's this. You know, the weather's going to be cold. It's going to be frigid football weather. This is when defenses usually usually make the biggest impact on a game, unless there's a special teams player. Too. Yeah, and we, I would, just real quick, the weather, forty degrees, yep. which is and, favorable for the Eagles. Okay, by the way. okay, yes, and, and it's not twenty or ten. No, and the wind though is going to be in the teens. But that's why I just want to throw that in there. Yeah, no, no, it's important. As um, we've talked so much about. Nick Foles about the execution of the offense over the last four weeks and how that's been such a big difference. And I think that we've done that almost at a detriment to the to Jim Schwartz and his defense, meaning we have not talked enough about what they are doing, still with a lot of injuries, to keep the Eagles in games, cause turnovers, and so forth and so on. The defense, in my opinion, has, uh, has, has really picked it up and we thought because of all the injuries, and maybe and this is what had to happen, because sometimes people get into like a style, and maybe you could even see with the offense. You know, you have something that you really like to do, and this is what you're comfortable with, and this is what you like to install. But then games, players, things dictate what then you have to do. I think the old saying was, I think it was said before Chichi Rodriguez said one time, you got to play with the game that you brought to the, to, the, to the course that day. So you might like to hit a drive, or you might like to hit a fade all the time, but now your ball's getting a, you know, it's going to, uh, you're going to do like a little hook. So if you're going to hit a draw, then that's what you're doing. So play the draw now. That's the way that it is. So now with the Eagles. Adam, wait, real quick. What do you think we get a, uh, about making an Inside the Birds drinking game out of all of <laughs> Billy's week-long uh, Chichi Rodriguez is where? Chichi. Yeah, we haven't heard that for a couple well, weeks. Like, exactly. Should I just order around here at the Market Tavern of Vodka and say, next time you mention Chichi, we all drink? We'll be drunk before the thing's over with. <laughs> Go ahead. Hey, I can see you moving that putter, by the way. You remember who you were? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the sword. The sword, yeah. So... As before, I was so rudely interrupted by my partner. <laughs> I would say what I was saying. Yeah, okay. What I was saying is that Jim Schwartz has this wide nine style that he likes to do, and that's been very successful for him. Correct. However, because of personnel, 
because of injuries. He's had to tweak it a little bit. And possibly because of his tweaking, maybe he settled into something that's been really All successful. Right. Bill, settled into what? Like, yeah, what Bill, how so? How is he tweaking? Yeah. So what I think he's done from a tweaking standpoint is he's played less man-to-man in the secondary. Mm-hmm. He's played less corners on an island. So you see very little true bump coverage with no help over top. So this way you're having maybe a little bit of bump coverage, but then you're releasing it and you're playing zone and you're having zone help over top. Are you seeing more two deep safeties on I, passing downs? Exactly. So in a sense, I've only been center. calling that for half of a year. Yeah. So and we <laughs> talked about it, we saw that way back. Remember like on the fourth yes, game of the season, we're the like, Giants. why don't they just play cover two? Yeah. For goodness sakes. Yeah. Why do you put those guys on the island? So when you're seeing guys bump, now you're seeing them six yards off and you're seeing them play the flat, whereas before they would flip and run. And they know they have help over top. So if they do jam, they're not worried about it because they know they have help inside or help over top. That's a huge deal for a corner, especially ones that have been on the practice squad. Right, and not only that, if you're taking away that obvious and quick passing attack, right, that's giving the defensive line more a second more to get to the quarterback. And, I, I, Adam, I mean, the most impressive thing about Fletcher Cox and Michael Bennett is that both of these guys came here under different circumstances. You've had Bennett play probably – 60% fewer snaps than last year, and that's obviously helped him. He's, he's up to eight sacks, I think he had, which is what he had last year. And Fletcher Cox has, played, has gone from, I think, 61% to 86%, and he got more sacks, and he's not worn down at all. Jeff, so I, in my, in my uh, talks with NFL people this week, one guy said that when they go to their NASCAR package, which is when they move Mike uh, inside. Bennett inside, mm-hmm. and they take out the uh, jer- well, I guess it would be not a technically yeah yeah the, the, not, not a war journey again right. right they're not in the game when they go <laughs> to their four their three D tack three D ends plus Cox they're all healthy now and he says it shows up you you have to you, you're going to have to double team a little bit you're you're going to have to an off from an offensive line standpoint you've got to play great technique because they've got speed and Chris Long apparently as one guy told me today on my way in. Uh, has not really lost anything. He looks really good. So they've got it going on right now defensively. I think Bill's right. Uh, although, the one th- and I'm still waiting for the offensive coordinator to do it. It hasn't happened since the Saints game. Well, actually, since, I'm sorry, the Dallas game. Why aren't they challenging these corners? I, I don't understand that. The, I, I, I said it. I went on record and I'll say it again. The worst game that Sean McVay has ever coached was that game at L.A. You come out and you go attack those corners. I would have done it. Rep- first 15 plays. It would have been like three runs, 12 passes. I'm going after those guys, but well, uh, he didn't do that. In fairness, I think there have been times where they've tr- – like, for example, Washington, first play of the game, Josh Johnson rolls out, but he's Josh Johnson. By the way, it took forever. <laughs> it took the, he, he rolled, he rolled, he waited, and then he threw it. Right. By the time it came down from the sky, Douglas intercepted it. Of course. So uh, the, the problem is not necessarily attacking the corners. The problem is that Josh Johnson is not a very good quarterback. Two weeks prior – I think Deshaun Watson actually did do a, f- a fairly decent job of going after the corners, but he's also gotten hit. He has a terrible offensive line. And then three weeks before that was the Rams game, and you're right. That's the one game where it didn't make sense. Yes, the Eagles got pressure, but they also had plenty of opportunities. The Rams play a lot of through tight ends to protect the quarterback and try to throw it down the field, and they didn't. But I think that speaks to also the defensive line has really helped prevent that over the last Correct. few weeks. And Maddox, Avante Maddox, and we'll see where he lines up next year. They've got, they're on to something with this kid. This kid, from a mental standpoint, everything, guys, he's been asked to do, whether it's safety, corner, slot corner, playing in the box. I, I mean, you, just, you couldn't script this. Like, there's no way you could think he could play this well. And that's a credit to their, their scouting staff. 
Um, I think it was Ryan Myers who, uh, who had the East last year, mm-hmm. and, and, and Joe Douglas and Andy Weidel, who I oversee college scouting. That's a great job. I mean, Howie Roseman for pulling the trigger, trusting what they're telling him. Right. You, you can't get these right unless everybody does their job. And they deserve a tremendous amount of credit. This kid looks like he's going to be a really good player yeah. for them. For a team, as you, you've, you've pointed out on our show here, the Eagles have not developed their corners very well over the years. Like you brought up the Sheldon Brown and <laughs> You want me to go Little through Shepherd. the names again? But that's it. They've <laughs> struck out. Don't bring up Jack Iquaguano or I'm leaving. Jack Iquaguano, <laughs> Curtis Marsh, Matt Ware, Trevard Lindley, oh my God. Eric Rowe. Come on, I can keep going. Wow. 35, Trevard Lindley. Uh, it's funny. I know all the numbers. It's embarrassing. But, yeah, it uh, is embarrassing. 20, 21, it was a lead, was Lito, uh, what number 26. was Lito? 26. Yeah. And uh, Sheldon was 24. What? 24, right. It's amazing, but this kid's a keeper, and I'll, again, we'll see where he lines up. But, man, he's playing, and they look, it's the same three corners again. Those guys are out there, and they're getting the job done. Sidney Jones, by the way, is not playing. Even if they win this week, we probably won't be playing No, you got to stick with what's working right oh, yeah. now, Rasul oh, yeah. and Sidney. All right, let's, go, let's get into this. Obviously, both teams have strengths. Both teams have weaknesses. We go through it. I'm going to ask both of you this, and I'll weigh in also. Ozzy, you are, from an Eagles standpoint, most confident in their ability to do what against the Bears? Most confident in their – now, is this an offense or defensive standpoint? It could be special teams. It could be coaching. It could be anything you want. It could be – Going into the Soldier Field stands and you know beating the crap out of a Ditka lookalike, I, whatever right. you think. I'm going to say I'm most confident in them being able to get pressure on Trubisky. Okay, all right. Well, let me let me expand on that though because we know Trubisky is a guy that you can pressure, but he can get out of it. Are you saying you're most confident in their ability to force him into bad plays, or are you just saying you're you're confident that you're going to force him? out of the pocket because those are two different things well i think in this particular instance what i was basically saying was i'm confident that there are defensive line eagles defensive line Mm -hmm. is better than the the offensive line for the bears okay so that's the first thing i think they can i think they're going to dominate up front in the line of scrimmage when they hit the field on defense versus the bears offense that's what i think now as far as trubitsky i know a lot about this kid as i told you guys before i watched a lot of tape on him he was my number one quarterback that i saw in two years at Pitt, the last two years broadcasting games, and it was his ability to perform on third down. It's, to me, is what separated him from all the other quarterbacks that I saw in that two-year span. Wait, hold on, hold up, because you just said something now. I Go have ahead. to check because you're a Pitt broadcaster. You did it 14 years, and you were talking about recently. Right, the last two. So Pitt, if I'm not mistaken, does play Clemson. And they are in the ACC, and Clemson had a a very good quarterback named Deshaun Watson. But you're telling me you were more impressed with Trubisky than Deshaun Watson. I was more impressed as a quarterback coming into the pros. I was pro-ready, in my opinion. Yes, with Trubisky in the games that I saw. You know, that doesn't mean it was three years before that. But in those two years and all the games that I saw, Uh I was more impressed with Trubisky and his ability to play quarterback. And also, I think the biggest thing that I saw was his ability to make plays on third down. Okay. That's what really separated me All right. from the other quarterbacks. You can't be my GM. But okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what do you mean? Adam, you are the most confident in what about the Eagles in this confident, in this uh, showdown? That they will put pressure on Trubisky. That, that, well, that's, wait a minute. That's what you but, just no, said. But, you, but no, but again, that, that's, just asking? So that's, that's really what the P, uh, NFL people I spoke to this week, coaches and executives, they think that's where the Eagles have the biggest matchup here. I don't know that they're going to be able to score very much. I don't see the Eagles score more than 17 points in this game. Unless they get a short field off of a turnover, which may happen, I don't see it. I, I don't. Who, who's going to win now? Could, oh wait, Jeff, 
how are they going to win on offense versus the, versus the Bear defense? Well, that actually parlays into what I th- am most confident in, which is not that I, I don't, you. not that I disagree with you guys, you but were just asking for something different, I'm going right? to I'm going to stick my neck out with this because I, I and I honestly think I have the evidence over the last few weeks to even say this with full confidence. I have absolute confidence that the Eagles will be able to block Khalil Mack. Because as good as Cleo Mack is, I feel like That's throughout the week. How are they doing it? Statement. They're doing it with Jason Peters and they're doing it with Lane Chipping. Johnson. No. Bringing a tight end? No, they don't do no, that. I'm just asking. I'm not no, saying No, because wrong. you tell me. I know Cleo Mack's good. Is he Lawrence Taylor good? I don't know, but he's really good. But they faced Jadavian Clowney. They faced J.J. Watt. They have faced Demarcus Lawrence. They have faced, um, I'm trying to think who they play, uh, the Rams. Oh, Aaron Donald, right? Did those guys get a few hits here and there? Yeah, but did they wreck the game? No. The Eagles can block Khalil Mack. Right, but Jeff, as an outside pass rusher, okay? Yeah. Donald inside. Clowney inside. He actually lines up a well, lot Clowney, inside. Clowney was all over but the we're, place. But we're talking about as a pure edge rusher with power and speed, they faced no one like this. this Demarcus guy, Lawrence. You're telling me Demarcus Lawrence is not a good edge Mack's rusher? Max a better football player. Period. Maybe and more well-rounded. He's yeah. a better football player. He's more so explosive. If Jason Peters Lawrence is in there, is stronger. Demarcus Lawrence is stronger. Yeah. If Jason Peters is in there, I, 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 I think we still are going to need help at times. But I, I do like him. But if it's third and twelve, and we're in spread formation, and there's nobody on the outside, and Khalil and Max going up against any, it's going to be a long. It's going to be a long. I just don't, but Jason Peters maybe you know he, he's right. play. Question for both of you guys. He's Peters playing. Yeah. Okay. yeah the, the, here's the question. Well, no, I think he raised a good point. Does he play the game or does he come oh, out oh, after oh. five or All six? All right. Snaps? Well, okay. So first comment, then I want to ask you both a question because I'm curious how they're going to play this. So a personnel exec that I spoke to this week said that in his tape study, his team could potentially play the Eagles down the line if the Eagles win a couple of games. He said, "Look, Peters is still a good player despite what the fans think and the media thinks." But he misses plays where he misses. He doesn't get the hit on the like. He'll let the guys go. He'll let the guys go into him. Mm-hmm. Typically, his deal was he go. He gets them early in the, early in the play. He'll go out and stun them. He's not able to hit them as much as he the initial. He's not able to make the initial contact as early as he used to because he doesn't move as well. That's going to be a problem when Mac is lined up over him. That's going to be a problem. Now, there's my follow up. Do you double team him? No, I don't think Doug Peterson is history. His history is I don't double team, even with a uh, maybe a chip, but I don't double team until the defense gives me a reason to. Right? He wants five outlets on every single that's play. The and, that's the Andy thing. Yeah, okay. yeah. And you know what? It's certain, when, you, when you invest as heavily as you have in Jason Peters and Lane Johnson, that damn well should be your philosophy. Unless you're facing – the greatest defensive player ever. And, again, Mac is good, but he's uh, 12 and a half sacks, not 20. You know what I'm saying? Like, Fletcher Cox has 10 and a half sacks. Yep. So I, the gulf between these two guys is not as great as I think it's made now, out to be. I think that because of what teams do, if you watch Cleo Mack, he takes, you know, he opens up the game for a lot of the other players, and he does a lot of times take the tight end, they'll put an extra guy over there, they'll widen out, they'll have a wide receiver come in and they'll do a thing with a chip. So I do believe that if Jason Peters is in there, they'll, they'll, they'll try and let him go by himself. Uh, same with Lane Johnson. But I do believe that you're going to see some packages where they keep the tight end in or they go double tight and they keep him in or they chip him and they wait and release and then they also have a back chipping on the outside. I don't think there's any way in a game that you're not going to have this guy Double teamed at some point. That's my opinion. Well, Goddard is the guy. If you notice, they're playing more 12 personnel now than they did prior to the season. 
So I think Goddard, who's a, by the way, he's already he's he's a better blocker than Ertz. Let's just face it. Oh, he that's is. just true. Yeah. Okay. He can ha- he can help, and Goddard he's not getting a lot of catches, but man, the catches that that Goddard has, Jeff, pretty impactful. Right. Pretty impactful. He's he's a he is a man. He's big. Do you think he could be one of those guys that? And you know how Doug has been in the playoffs, right? He's been very aggressive, and uh, he's also kind of pulled things out of his pocket, whether it's a flea flicker. A wing counter, the Philly special. Do you do you think Goddard is one of those guys, Adam, Ooh. that he's thinking like, all right, he's only averaging one or two catches a game. He makes the most of it. We need to get him involved somehow. And plus, Eddie Jackson, the Bears' star safety, is hurt. If he yeah. plays well on a bad ankle, it won't be 100. percent Typically, you you do this every game. You have something new, but in a game like this, because the Bears are they, they're so disciplined defensively. This is this is the book from. Multiple teams with offensive coaches I spoke to this week. Uh-huh. The Bears rarely blitz. They're an execution-style defense. You know what you're getting. Their players are simply better than your offensive line. They win every game. No one has been able to get them yet. They're, they're tough to no, beat. Wait, wait. What do you mean by that? When I say that no one's really I mean, been able to. the Giants dropped 36 points on them. So, I mean, um, they're, they're let's not co- make them out to be the 85 Bears, you know? That game was on the road, but they're, they're, we'll get to that later. Yeah. I'll explain what happened that game. But no one's really been able to attack them consistently in any game. Right. Certain things have to happen to do it. I think you're on the right track here. He, they've seen they, – they see what Sproles is doing for them. There's, there's no question Darren Sproles, his inclusion in the offense is bringing them some barely needed juice to their, to their passing game. Yes. A little bit to the run game. They're, they're obviously going to have something for him. Whether they're going to hit him – or not, they're going to they're gonna do something with them. So, Jeff, to answer your question, uh-huh. they're going to have something. Now, is it Goddard? Okay, let me throw this at you. Mike Wallace isn't playing. What can they do? What have we not seen from them that they can do, guys? Both, both I haven't guys. seen a flea flicker yet this from, year. From the Eagles offensively, anything, to slow anything. down the rush, right? Yeah. Well, you, you know, I think that one of the things that you have to look at, and I believe the Eagles are going to do a lot of his screens. If you go back and I saw some, uh, some interesting things and I did some studies on this, so the Eagles are ninth in the league in passing, and in particular, they're in the top five or six as far as a screen game. The Bears are number one in just about every defensive category. Guess where they're number 23rd or 24th in the National Football League? Defending the screen. Their defense is it's very interesting, By the way, right? The Eagles right now are the worst team covering running backs in the last four weeks. They're giving up nine a game. They're, they're, getting, they're, get, they're, they're, get, they're actually giving up plays in the passing game, which I didn't even know about. I, I have access to these numbers, and I'm like, I think both Tariq Cohen, he's going to be a factor in this game. For the Bears, he's been amazing. He made the, what did he did he make all pros a returner or did, was it a runner? Yeah, as a punt returner. Okay. He's he's explosive. Right. They've got some ability here to hurt the Eagles in the in the screen game. They do, but it sounds like Oz thinks it's going to be more vice versa. Well, that, I think that's what the Eagles I think are both gonna, teams. Right. All right. I think I think yeah, I'm, I'm sure that the Bears are looking at this and if you look at a lot of what the Eagles did I think the Bears are going to be prepared for this. When you play a lot of man coverage, which the Eagles have faced the last couple of weeks, yes, they have. It'll be interesting to see what the Bears' philosophy is. What on the surface? What are we? What are we thinking about from a defensive standpoint from the Bears? It's weird because I've seen them in play mostly zone, but then they've they doubled mix, some guys. They've they mix man. in games. Yeah, they they do both. Like last week, they played man and they shut. They completely shut down their passing game. They, they doubled Adam Thielen almost every single time. And, and Thielen was a non-factor. And then Aldrick Robinson, he went a nine route. Mukamara ran with him. I couldn't believe it. I didn't think he could run anymore. Um, by the way, let me hear the exact numbers on Eagles versus running backs the last four weeks. Worst of the National Football League, 35 receptions, 7 yards a catch, 84 per- 
3.14% catch rate. Like everything thrown in the backs, they're catching, and they've given up a touchdown. They're in the fi- they're top five worst the entire season. 110 catches by running backs, 844 yards, four touchdowns, 80% per- 80% catch rate. So if you want to get the backs of the football, there's pretty much they're going to catch it and they're going to make a play. All right, and I, and I think that what the Eagles do a lot of, especially when you're down in the red zone, and it'll be interesting to see how they get defense this week, is that they do a lot of the what you call chipping and, and their the rub routes. You'll see a lot of rub routes. And when I watched the, the tape of the last game, I would say uh, uh, over 60% of their pass plays in the red zone when it was third down or when you saw a big play came at the result of a scheme that involved a rub route. Either a direct rub route or two guys crossing down the field. Or you see a lot of the guys on the outside where they'll come in and they'll bring the back out of the backfield. That's when you see Darren Sproles a lot of times. That is a rub route. Mm-hmm. They're bringing the, the linebacker has them or the strong safety has them, and they're bringing either a tight end or the guy in a slot. And he's coming in, and his job is to, and I, I did this hundreds of times as a receiver, your job is to make it look like you're catching the ball. Like you're going to go out and run a little five-yard route. But your job is to make the defender, depending on what the play is, either go underneath you or go over top of you. A lot of times you want to make them go over top. Because if they go over top, then you get a big separation you get the ball completed. If they go underneath, sometimes they go into a trail spot and you can then hit them for a big one. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Eagles have done really effectively. So, all right then, let me ask you this. Given what you said about Tariq Cohen, what you're talking about the Eagles offense facing man when they're more likely to face zone, right, I'll, I will ask this then. Your biggest concern going into this game is what for the Eagles? My biggest concern for the Eagles are um, off, uh, from an offensive standpoint is how the offensive line is able to give Nick uh, the coverage or the time to execute the offense, and in particular some of those one-on-one matchups with the edge rusher, Khalil Mack. Do you think the tandem of – Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks is a more potent tandem than the one of J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney? It's hard. See, I, I think, like, you got Right, but I, it's I, hard I, to compare play. It, it's really hard because they're two different. They're, they're, they're t- All right, Aaron, Aaron Donald. Scheme. Wait, 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 hold on. Right, Aaron, it's, it's Aaron Donald right, and Dominic Sue. Great players. But my, that's my I, point. I get is it, that I feel it, like you guys are just harping on what the normal strength of the Bears is no, but and dude, ignoring the fact by that the Eagles have shut these guys down. Hang on. If you go to their front seven. No one has a better front seven than the Bears. If you go individually by talent, that's what the Vikings told me. I'm just telling you exactly what they, they told me, and I trust their information. That's fine. They said by far the best front seven they faced all season and on tape was the Bears' front seven. Right. And they embarrassed. They got embarrassed last week. Okay? Uh, let me give you a stat on that. All right. Last year, the Eagles faced the number one defense twice. First, it was Denver who came to the link, and they scored 52 points on Denver. Blocked up uh, Von Miller really well. And then they played the Minnesota Vikings in the NFC Championship game. I think you guys remember that game. They, at that time, were the number one defense, and everybody said, and they were right to say it, I'm not saying they were wrong, they had the best defensive front in the NFL, and the Eagles dropped 38 points on them. So now we go back, and I'll even take it. The, the, the Texans had the, I believe, fifth-ranked defense at the time. Terrible against the pass. Terrible. Terrible against the pass. They were missing their top three corners. So you... But the bottom line is they blocked up Clowney and Watt enough to score 32 points, which is why I, I look at this game, and yes, I know it's on the road. Yes, And I know big. the Bears are tough, 
But I don't, you know, the bottom line is it's talent versus talent, and this offensive line has not allowed guys like that to kill the quarterback in weeks. I would say the biggest change that Doug Peterson has made in the last couple weeks is the quick game, getting out of Foles' hands. He's throwing in about 2.5 seconds. What coaches tell me is they want it out in 2.7, two, 2.75 two, seven, two, seven, at the most. Getting out in 2.5 is well above the league average. That's like top 10 and getting out of your hand. That's really helping. You saw last week, it looked like the Patriots. When they threw it seven times in a row, I felt like that was Tom Brady in terms of this is what Brady does. Carves you up, slashes you up, five yards, ten yards, five yards, ten yards. That is good play calling. Who gives a – I could give a fuck, excuse my language, about the run game. It doesn't matter. It's about Lawrence. how do you move the football. Five yards, ten yards. If you mix in the run, great. They did a good job last week with Adams and uh, Smallwood. But it's understanding how you beat a team. You must negate that pass rush. Get the ball out of Foles' hands quickly. Right. If you don't and you take one five and seven step drops, you're in trouble. Is that your biggest concern then? They're negating they're the pass rush? Negating that pass rush. Bill brought up the screen game. Good point. Get it out of his hands. Screen, my- counters, draws, delays, anything that you can do to take that aggressiveness, especially at home, because now that revs you up. They're going to be coming. They're going to, their ears are going to be pinned back. So you do things to get them and take that aggressiveness against them. And how do you do that? You slow them down by hard counts, delays, not letting them time it up, changing up the, uh, the, you know, the actual plays at the line of scrimmage, making them look one way. Again, counters, draws, those, those, um, those screens that we talked about. And also the motion, the ghost motion. These are all things that keeps the backside um, you know they have to be they have to be strict in their you know in their in their reads and they can't just go flying through the quarterback. And to what we we're talking about the last five weeks, Adam, and, and we were talking about the, the points. Ready? Ten, nine, seven, six, and then thirty against the Giants. So that's the, that was a week, so. In other words, they had a week off, mm-hmm. and they regrouped. By the way, Chase Daniel started for the Bears that game, so I, I can't put it. As a normal Bears Which game, one's that? Gave, the one against the Giants where okay. they gave up uh, twenty-seven points, or right. they gave up thirty points. Thirty points. Yeah. So, other than that, every time that they've played, they've kept teams under twenty points or seventeen points. To your point, and my thing is this: Yes, I know these other teams have played really well, and we have great rushes and everything else. But I'm talking about just right now, what teams are playing the best at their at this game, and also peaking at the right time and then playing within the framework of a scheme. And I think the Bears right now, that front seven, is humming. All right, I'll tell you what my biggest concern for the Eagles is. And even though I said I, it's not blocking up Khalil Mack, I still think my concern for the Eagles most is turning the ball over. And not because Nick Foles is getting hit a lot, but it's because the Bears' back seven, you know, their linebackers, uh, safeties, and corners, are probably, from what I've seen, the smartest backs. So they play extraordinarily wise football they close extraordinarily quickly and a couple of guys in the locker room this week talked about how they recognize route patterns extraordinarily well you may think you haven't beat on a high-low concept or you may think that window is open but Eddie Jackson comes down or Amos comes down or uh, a linebacker gets great depth and and just completely takes away and we do know with Nick every once in a while I think Nick has thrown an interception in every game Last, last three, except for except for the, the the Washington game, right? He didn't throw a pick in that game. No, but, but last week he did. He did. Oh yeah, it was early in the game. Remember? Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. It, it was right after they got the pick. He threw it. Yeah. Exactly. So he has an interception in, in each of the last three games, and every once in a while, and that's part of his. The, the the beauty of Nick right now is that he's a see it throw it guy. But 
the, the beauty of the Bears' defense to them is that they'll trick you into thinking guys are open when they really aren't, and they know your route concepts really well. So I do have that concern. That in oh, a pattern matching. Game, That's what you mean. Yeah, pattern yeah. matching, actually. Um, I do have that concern that in a tight game, on the road, where field position is everything, that Nick throws that one or two passes that he thought was open, guy closes on it, makes a play, and all of a sudden field position gets flipped in the Bears' favor. In a game like this, there's these little, you know, little things about how you keep the game close, especially on the road in a playoff game with all the craziness, especially to weather that early storm. And it's going to be, you're right, uh, how do you contain the rush? Because if they start teeing off on Nick, and again, supposedly, you know, his ribs were hurt. That's something to be concerned about. He's obviously going to be, they're going to try and pepper him at all. So I, I just hope that the, you know, we talked about this before, the offensive line is playing really well. They don't get enough credit the last couple of weeks. And uh, I can see why, you know, we're all concerned about the front seven for the Bears because it's legitimate concern. You know, it's the 30th anniversary of the Fog Bowl. Yes. Does that have any special memories for you, Mr. Osborne? Uh... I mean, of course, I remember it like all of you, and thought it was crazy. And right, you weren't—you weren't, were you with them yet? No, you were two years later, okay, right? Two we, years. Yeah. I'm sorry, yep. two years later. Yep. But you had to have been. I mean, you knew a lot of guys on the of team. Of course, and, of course, and it was uh, everybody knew the Dick uh, Buddy Ryan feud, and they thought this was unbelievable. And you know, Randall played unbelievable. He threw for over 400 yards, but he had, I think, three or four <laughs> interceptions. Right. Is that right? That's the crazy thing is everybody talks about how you see couldn't him. see. He had 400 <laughs> yards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. What, what do you think, Doug, uh, you know, from being around coaches, being coach yourself, what do you think Doug's message to this team is as they are in a different role as they were last year? But I think pound for pound a little bit more talented, but, you know, that, that's, that's arguable, certainly. What do you think his message is? Well, coaches are always trying to get a little edge as they go into anything. And, you know, before it was the dog mask and it was how you can do it. So you got to fr- – you know, you always have this edge. It's us against the world when you go on the road. That's kind of this mentality you get, you know, you know, keep everything tight in. You know, it's us against the world. You know, make sure your tickets are taken care of. Nobody thinks we should be here, you know. nobody. And then it's probably got that message is nobody thinks we should be here, right? Yep. And nobody wants to play us because everybody's talking about how, you know, oh, the Eagles got in. You know, they're, they're really – and let's think about all the weapons that they are getting right now, and they all seem to be being utilized – over the last couple of weeks, Doug has been doing a really good job offensively to get everybody involved, and it's amazing what happens when Darren Sproles came back and some of those guys from injuries, how it's now humming. So I think the message from Doug is everybody do your job. It's us against the world, and nobody thinks we, nobody thinks we can win, you know, you know, because you want to try and get, you know, get that, you know, kind of get that edge. Uh-huh. And what they're saying is the Bears is number one. So he's challenging his offense. Hey, they think they're they really one. are the underdogs. This time. Correct. That's what he's saying. You know, everybody thinks we're the underdog. Let's go out there and show them. Let's go out there and do it. So you're doing. Keep in mind, these guys are professionals. They played in a ton of big games. Some of these guys have been playoffs, but you know, you really think about it. The Bears aren't really playoff savvy either. They're not really. Playoff they haven't been tested. there. I, I was going to say, isn't that go. a big deal? It's a big. I deal. I think that your point is yeah. fair, and you're not the only one to bring it up to me, Jeff. That comparing the the Ram situation last year in the first week of the playoffs, the wild card round. They laid an egg at home. Now, obviously, their home field's a little different than Soldier Field. I mean, Soldier Field's a real legitimate home field. They've revamped that stadium over the years. It looks great. It's still a crappy field surface. Well, you know what? Actually, I was talking to Greg Gabriel, the former Bears scouting director who used to work for the Eagles. He said three weeks ago the field was in great shape. He's so, a fun Twitter follow, by I know. The way. He's a, you never know what he's going to say, but I know. Get Greg off my lawn. Bit. Right, exactly. Yeah, you never know what he's going to say, but... It, I agree. I think experience matters, and, and I, I, I continue to say this, and this is where I... I got it wrong with them earlier in the season. You never underestimate a heart of a champion. 
There's something about the way that they play for this head coach and the way they play for each other. Since Doug Peterson become the head coach, have you heard one blow-up with players? One, Give me one. Other no. than Aguilar's off-the-field issue, which is his own issue, there's been nothing because they all respect each other. I find it fascinating and not even talked about enough. And to really add to the context of it, Adam, I mean, today is Friday. We're always here at the Market Tavern on Friday, 4 to 6. Not always, but we've been here for four, this is the fourth time. And before we get here, a big report comes out from Adrian Wojnarowski, who covers the NBA for ESPN, that Jimmy Butler is already at odds with head coach Brett Brown. And I made the, and he's, you know, they yelled at each other or had critical words in a meeting. And I made the comment to you, it's, a, it's like the Sixers have become what the Eagles used to be. You know, front office disarray with the Colangelo thing that went on. And <laughs> now you got, you know, uh, head coach and players feuding and everything like that. And the Eagles, I think it's been so harmonious that it's, it's almost made it hard to forget how acrimonious it was at times. Jeff, and even Michael Bennett, who people were concerned about, right. he's gone on record saying how much he likes Doug Peterson. It, it, I'm not saying this is the Patriots culture, but something seems to happen when these players come here since 2016. They all just buy in. They love playing here. And I remember last season, I, I might have told you this, someone upstairs to me said that one of the reasons why everyone stayed in alliance because they didn't want to bring – they didn't want to bring the team down because the quarterback was playing such an elite level. They kept their egos in check. They won a Super Bowl, and typically when you win a Super Bowl, guys start chirping, want money, act like jerks. Not happening, Jeff. That, that's an underrated part. That is why this team is still together. I think you're right. That's the underreported and discussed part about this is they never gave up hope, and that's very important. And how about, I mean, this, for all the talk about the and, and all the, I guess, the, the sports radio and, and – fan talk and even us about Carson, Nick, Nick Carson, who should be the guy. I mean, you've heard it debated. I have to think that personally, and Bill, I'll ask you this as a competitor. I know that Carson is a man of God. I know that Carson is a complete gentleman and a stand-up guy. I have to think that this is really weighing on him to see this again kind of happen. I mean, he's clearly not. He's already out for Sunday against the Bears. So it's got to be a little bit of a tightrope to walk for him to be I'm sure he's very supportive of Nick but it's uh, listen I mean he's a human being and I think that's uh, it's something that is interesting uh, from afar and it, it, it you, I mean, you hit the nail on the head Jeff. I kind of feel a bad human for being. I know so do I <laughs> I looked at him on the sideline and I thought to myself he probably thought to himself you know he's very supportive he's a man of God and I think that's also why this team is so um, is so kind of together is because they respect Doug. He treats him with like a man. He treats him with respect. He's honest with him, and I think he's got some really high character guys in the locker room that are the leaders. And it's very easy when you have those. It's easier when you have those type of guys who are buying in and are leaders. And then it really becomes easier when you win. Right. And I think that that's the message. When you win, you're able to get people to say, "Listen, do what we did. Look what we did last year." So that helps. Now, is the honeymoon? How long does that last? You know, that's to be seen. But I think that these guys, uh, there has been no issues, and that's because of that. And I think that when you look at Carson, because of the way Carson and Nick has handled it, I mean, think about this. We didn't hear one word from Nick for 10 weeks when he wasn't even playing. I mean, I don't even think he was did an interview or anything. I mean, he just did his job and just went to work and never said a word, even when Carson had some bad games. Carson now is a human being. He obviously wants to be out there, and he has to think to himself, He's probably thinking and praying to himself, like, what did I do? Not only did the Eagles win, 
But then some crazy things had to happen for them to get into the playoffs. And then, oh, by the way, while they were winning, Nick set the record for completions in a game. Yeah. I mean, that's unbelievable. Well, he tied that. He actually, yeah, he set the record for completion percentage, right. That, and, right, Bill, right. he also set a team record for throwing for 471 yards to a couple weeks ago. I mean, Texas. the guy just says record upon record. And, again, that, that feeds into, like, the, you know, it's like er, er, Carson goes out there and does amazing things, and then Nick winds up just going out there. It's a good problem and, to have, and guys. One ups it. It, yeah, it is. It is. But I, I'll yeah. tell you this. I, I, Not that it's even it's a problem. It's a good problem for the Eagles themselves to have as a franchise right now. Can you imagine? You can't have this for a third year in a row. I, I agree, but, Jeff, can you imagine – Teams that can't even find one guy. How about the Jaguars? How about it? The Eagles have two. Yeah. And actually have a third who's actually pretty good for – who's probably going to be, a, a, at the very least, a great backup for many years to come. This is amazing. So, as we turn the page to this game, I think this is a tight game. I, I, and I get Vegas. Maybe they want to entice putting out a six, six or six and a half. To me, I think we, we all agree this is a tight game, correct? Yes. Yeah, I think so. The thought with NFL people I've spoke with believe that both lines have some sort of an advantage over the of the against the offensive line. Eagles D line has a very distinct advantage over the Bear offensive line. I think the the advantage between the both, I think the Eagles defensive line versus the Bear offensive line is better than the advantage that the Bears have against the Eagles offensive line. I think but both have an advantage. Where I think and I, I usually don't say this stuff, turnovers will be a key. There are going to be some turnovers in this game. Nobody forces more turnovers. No one has more sacks than the Bears. If Eddie Jackson is plays, which I think he will, and is close to what he is, he's the most instinctive safety since Ed, Ed Reed retired. He's incredible. He just my friend, he sees that, it before that, it happens, man. That, but he sees it before it happens. I mean, for, he His had kids two interceptions, are, not like nine like Ed Reed would have, along with 300 receive, uh, return yards. He, he makes plays after play after play. He, he is an Alabama kid, right so that makes sense. Really good player, very man. Very smart, very really fundamental. Yeah. I, I, I'm a little surprised, though. In that, I mean, I don't know what the Eagles have to do to prove to you two that they can block pass rushers because they literally have, when they're right, and they are right now and as healthy as they can be, they, you throw any defensive front at them and they've been able to hold them at bay. Wait a second. Just pump the brakes. Your question was, what yes. is your biggest concern? Right. So that was my, that's my biggest concern out of all the things that my biggest concern is how the offensive line is going to block the defensive line. That doesn't mean they can't do it. That doesn't mean they well, will do it. Well, if that's your biggest concern, though, but, that means that, that you feel like maybe they won't be able to do it. That, or else it wouldn't be a concern, right? Well, I just think it's something they have to – I mean, can they do it? Yeah, I mean, when, when you, always talk about, you always talk about uh, Bill Belichick when he sees another team. Right. He, he figures out what their strength is, and then he tries to take it away. Or he tries to do something else so that that doesn't become the, 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 you know, the thing that makes the game win or lose. So I think the Eagles are the same way. I think they understand that that rush is something that they're going to have to deal with. Uh-huh. Can they deal with it? To your point, they already have in, in a couple games. So they do have Many. the formula. Yeah. They have had success. So that's something that gives them a lot of you know, uh, something to hang your hat on. And I do, too. But I still think it's something that's yeah. a big concern. How many text messages am I going to get for you two on Sunday night if Carson's getting dropped left and right? <laughs> oh, Jeff, you mean talk Nick, the big game. I'm sorry if Nick's getting hey, dropped. Hey, but a right. couple things. Okay, we need to mention this. And Bill mentioned in passing. Two straight weeks that Foles got hit in the chest. He's bruised ribs. Yeah. Talking to Eagles, they weren't they were really not concerned about it right after the game for the x-rays the next day, whatever test they gave him. But, man, this is two straight weeks that he's got hit there. Well, the first game he definitely got. The second hit against the, uh, last week was kind of odd. Uh, it was like right. uh, the way that he went Wasn't down. Wasn't hit hard. No, right, exactly. But that would be a concern of mine. This is the best front seven they faced this season, or will have faced. He's going to get hit. I'm not 
we'll see if they get sacked or not, but he's going to get hit. He's a quarterback. So that would be a concern of mine, being that they're only going to address two quarterbacks. I'm glad that, that, um, that the kid uh, Sudfeld came in and threw that great – Look, the guy came at him. He threw the pass. He completed yep. for t- a 22-yard touchdown. But yeah. that's something to watch early in the game. Not that they blitz very much, but if they get pressure on him, how Nick responds when he gets up, How does because body language, keep an eye on that when the camera's on him because that, that, that's going to be a concern of mine because, remember, he didn't return in this, game, this yeah, game. No, I actually asked Doug about that in his press conference Friday, and I said, Doug, you know, what has this week been like for Nate Sudfeld knowing that he was already in a game and that Nick's got sore ribs and – he said, you know what, there's a heightened awareness. He's like, there's always a heightened awareness when you're the backup, and, but it really does, it, it crystallizes in your mind that you're really one play away when you have to go in, and that was a meaningless game. Well, it was meaningful, but they were winning that game against Washington anyway. This would be a, a playoff game. And I think the Eagles have done such a great job the last couple of weeks in winning in different ways. You know, everybody thought that they had to pound the football, pound the football, and they came out and they slung it so much they set records all over the place against the Texans, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw a, a whole different style where they used this quick game as their running attack. And they said, okay, this is a great front seven. We can't run the football, but we still got to control the clock. We're gonna, what are we going to do? Oh, they ran it Boom. in Washington. They, they were able to run it. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you know what I'm saying is, but the, the one game that everybody thought that, you the know. The Texans, you thought, yeah, The right. Texans, everybody they, thought they can't run it. And they, and they weren't going to win it if they couldn't run the football. Well, guess what? They didn't really run it, but they no. still won the game. 50-22 to 22 was exactly. past the run. So they did a great job. And I think that with that in your back mind, knowing that Nick can do it, Yes, you want to run the football. Yes, you want to stat all that stuff. But if they don't and they're not able to, I think they have that as a great, you know, as a great indicator that they can still win the game. They're not. It doesn't matter if they're one dimensional or not. Like Adam says, sometimes it doesn't matter if you run the ball or how many times you run it. It's just that you're effective doing it. And I think that's what the Eagles know. You going go with in. what works. See, those last two games, guys, are really to me what has made this team look the most like 2017. Their ability to win in so many different ways. First of all, on offense, to be able to be diverse and win on the ground or through the air or mixing them both, which they've done, and also creating turnovers on defense, which, again, we, we haven't really talked enough about, but uh, the stat is in their last six games, they've created 10 takeaways, which is one more takeaway than they had in their first 10 games, so, which is amazing. That's a, that's a heck of a turnaround. So that's why I feel like this team has the elements of what you saw last year. They do, and what it is is, what we, when we watched the game last week, I think we were all texting, I never felt it was out of control when they, when, they, when they were throwing the ball a little bit more than I expected because it was the quick game. It wasn't, okay, wait, 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 throw it downfield, go for a shot play. It was, hey, we, we, know what we're, we know what we can get. It's about morphing into something else every week, and they're doing a good job of it. I, I'm, I've been incredibly impressed with uh, the way they've been able to get things done, Jeff. This has been, this has been a great coaching job ever since that Saints game. And the, look, the Dallas game, Jeff, they gave their blood. That was blood and guts there. They gave their, their all. Right. They were severely undermanned. They were. They were seemingly like they gave up a, a, a mile of yardage in the past game, but yeah. they still. They were still in it. They got their asses kicked, but somehow they were still in it. Yeah, so <laughs> it, again, never underestimate the heart of a champion. They play hard for this guy. Jeff Statlin, I want to mention him, the way he gets his guys prepared every week. And we're probably going to see Samalo this week. Uh, I'm told that. I should mention this because I've got a bunch of things I need to get to here. Samalo sure. had an extensive workout before last week's game and looked great. And the word was within the Eagles that he was going to play this week. I think, he, I, think, I think Doug didn't want anyone to know, so he tried to act like he's not playing. Yeah. It would be a surprise to him. If he's not starting, then he shouldn't even dress. Right. I me. mean, Doug said today that, that you're right, that he wouldn't decide until after practice. And now, but he also admitted 
that Samoa's athleticism and his strength is a little bit better of a matchup that, uh, against the Bears than what you would get he out is. of I'll tell you what. That's another draft pick. Yeah, good year. There was a time where I wasn't sure he was oh, going to yeah, make yeah, it. Yeah, the first, yeah, last year in training camp. So ta- remember we did a, what's a pilot podcast? That's right. And I said, Jeff, I, I think I said, Jeff, you he's actually had a great spring despite Correct. all these idiots who go to these. Great training camp, as I tra- think. Whatever it was, said. training yeah. camp. Yeah. The problem with these reporters is, and, and I fell for, for, for it in the early 2000s, I would go to practice, I'd see two plays, and a guy would have two bad plays, and I'd go, oh, he had a bad practice. Yes. Folks, learn reporting. Like, that's not reporting. I, I learn. By stupidity, yeah. I need to change the I'm not way. Sure, I, our audience is reporters, but that's no. Okay. But but anyone who's <laughs> going to watch practice, if you go to training camp, or if you watch a game, please try to watch the whole game. Yeah, it's, don't s- say a guy had a bad practice if he only watched or a bad game if he had he saw two bad plays. That reminds me of a funny oh, story because so dumb. you know Andy when he was a coach, he used to have a drill. It was called like the throw it up drill, where the quarterback would oh, kind of throw one up to the it's defense at the end to, of it. Yeah. yeah, it was like kind of the like the hail mary at the end of the play, right? And there were <laughs> there if you didn't realize that. You would have thought that the quarterback was making the stupidest throw in the world, and to your point, some reporters who were covering and this is way. Oh like, yeah, tenure, no, a lot of didn't realize that. that. No, no, that's their job to throw an interception. Yeah, right. And oh. I would see them like you know writing it, in their notebook. And it's <laughs> funny. I never liked that because it creates a mentality of, of quarterback throwing the ball up. I heard people say but, that. Yeah, uh, but well, anyway, you do have to practice for every single situation, hail mary, and all I, that. I, so. I think. Look, I, I I think they're prepared for this game. If anyone could go into Soldier Field, it would be this team. Now, the Patriots did go in. They were the only team to beat the... Can we at least say it's the best yeah, yeah. P- possible matchup? Don't you think if they had to play Dallas or Seattle yes. that, that you wouldn't um, well, no, feel Seattle, I, no, Well, if they had to go to Seattle, yes, that would be even yeah, worse. Yeah, yeah. You know they lost their last year. Carson's worst game of course, last I remember. year was... Well, uh, the worst game worst that he had and was yet Saints. he made two of the most unbelievable I know, throws I know, I've ever I know, seen in my life. I get it. But overall, <laughs> he didn't play very well that game. Yeah. I agree that this is because you, no one scares you at wide receiver. You are concerned about Tariq Cohen. The good thing is, though, Jordan Howard, the running back, number 24, is playing very well right now. It's the best he's played all season. Right. The Eagles are so good against the run. Yeah. The other thing is, Jeff, they're so healthy at D-tackle, which they weren't before. With Jernigan back, okay, with Nada back, he's a factor. Right. Uh, they, uh, so a team that has already scouted the Eagles uh, for advance said he's still not anywhere close to what he once was, but he's but, back yeah, all hands being on strong. Right. In the way that they use him, he's able to get out what they have left of him. So he's good. This is a great time for this team to get All right, healthy. Wait, so let's get into that because yep. let's get in. We're, we're going to get into our injuries segment presented by Defender Head, and then we're going to get into fact and fiction, and then get out of here with our predictions. So from an injury standpoint, what you're saying is, and I I agree with you, is that Isaac Sayamalu is probably going to be starting left guard against the Bears. Um, we've talked about Foles, but really the big thing here, and Carson Wentz has already been ruled out, so he won't play. Sidney Jones, and right? And Sidney Jones Wallace. is out. Yeah. Mike Wallace is out. Obviously, yeah. uh, But the big, the big question mark for the last few weeks was how much can Tim Jernigan give you? And I told you I was concerned when he had the back spasms. You know, it felt like the whole Sean Andrews thing. But he's obviously been productive enough to make you feel even better. And listen, it coincides, Adam and Billy, with Haloti Nada. All of a sudden, <laughs> over the last three games, actually playing like the Haloti Nada that he was brought in here to be. It's nice when you're healthy, right? They're, they're loaded. Yeah, they're, they're loaded. They're loaded. Billy, I, I look at it this way. When you have your defensive line rotation, I don't care who you play. At least you could run your stuff. Because that's, that was the problem earlier in the season um, when, well, Sidney Jones is still out, but they didn't have a healthy defensive line. When you could run, you, when, when you could run your sort of waves of defensive linemen like they did last year. The key to their D-line was they were so deep. They're not quite as deep without uh, the two guys, uh, um, 
Bo Allen and uh, Vinny Curry, yeah. but they're close. And the guys that they have are really good. Plus, you add Nada now, and you add Michael Bennett. So, Billy, they're in good shape right now. They're in really good shape. And and for a defensive line, uh, or for a defensive coordinator to have those many healthy guys where there's not much drop off, that's the other thing. And they both can play against the run. Now, of course, they have their specialists, you know, special things against the run, against the pass. But when they go in, there's not a big drop off. The key about that is. You want to constantly keep pressure if you have on a quarterback, and a lot of times guys run out of gas. But if they're fresh, especially in the fourth quarter when teams usually take advantage of you because they pounded the ball, pounded the ball, the Eagles seem to just be getting loose. They just seem to be getting, you know, lathered up by the fourth quarter, and they seem to bring the hammer down. So for the Eagles, they couldn't be more healthier. And for a defensive coordinator like Jim Schwartz who likes to run that wide nine, likes to keep four guys in that really – and give a lot of responsibility with gap responsibility, the Eagles could not be more suited to play the Bears right now. All right, well, you know what? I'm expecting kind of a slobber knocker game the way we guys talk about a big defensive line. So let's hope that everybody makes it through without suffering a concussion because every year in the United States, there are more than 3.8 million sports-related concussions, and most of them occur in children and young adults. But Defend Your Head, our sponsors, are leading a revolution in head protection with their soft-shell technology product called Protec. Protec is a protective helmet shell made from specialized polyurethane foam that absorbs and dissipates the energy caused by a hit to the Protec cover. Protec acts like an airbag, delaying the timing of the impact, just like an airbag delays the time of your body and head from hitting the dashboard when a crash occurs. Protec is scientifically proven to reduce G-force impacts by up to 70%. For more information about the Protec helmet shell used by Penn State, Temple, and Penn football programs, or to place an order for your Protec, Email info at defendyourhead.com or visit defendyourhead.com. All right, that was a, a message from our sponsors. Let's get into our fact or fiction segment because right. I want to I want to throw these guys these these. And I have no idea you. what you're going to say, so here we go. I Uh-oh. know I like to surprise you with this. All right, yeah, I the, love that. The first fact or fiction. Oh, you love it so much. We start with you. <laughs> Khalil Mack is the best player on the field Sunday. Fact. Fact. Okay. No, nope. any Good. rationale or just that's it? Fact. I think when you just when you when you look at the players and what they can do as far as changing the game, um, usually you may think a quarterback or a running back or a wide receiver. I don't think anybody has that elevation that Khalil Mack can really be a game changer on every play. Adam, fact or fiction? Fiction. Cody Parkey. Oh come on! <laughs> <laughs> he might come into play here. By the way, yeah, he really might come into play. Uh, yes, he's the best player just because of his dominance. But let me tell you something, folks. If the Eagles hold him at bay like they did with Aaron Donald and other great defensive players, oh, boy. Yes. Oh, boy, because that means they're going to have time to throw the football. Yep. All what, right. do, what do you think? Do you I, think he's the best listen, player? I'm or, going to say – No, no, no. I'm going to say fact. I believe he is the best player. However, I think when people say that and when all three of us agree on it, it kind of creates the perception, right, that – He's the best player on the field, and it's not even close. Right. No. He had 12 and a half sacks. That's good, but again, it's not like he had 20 like Justin Houston a few years ago or, or J.J. Watt. He had 12 and a half sacks. I know, sacks aren't everything. That's what, it's only, those are individual plays. I'm not getting, into, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. getting yeah. somewhere with that. Okay. Okay, he had 12 and a half. <laughs> Michael, uh, not Michael Bennett, Fletcher Cox had 10 and a half. So they're pretty close in that regard, right? I go look at the quarterback hits, which I think is just as important sure. of a category for a lineman, right? And I see uh, Aaron Donald, number one, at 41. Up, oh, who's number two? Fletcher Cox with 34. Mm-hmm. Now, how many quarterback hits did Khalil Mack have this year? As I scale down and scale down and scale down. Oh, 10. We're talking about 34 well, how, hits to well, 10. Hang on, hang on a second. How could the guy have 12 and sacks but only 10 hits? These are, these are hits that are not sacks. I'm sorry. 
I was looking for tackles for a loss. My fault. It is not 10. 18. That's still a lot less than 34. Yep. Okay. Does it, how about hurries? Hurries. Uh, I don't have hurries. I got tackles for that, a loss. That's a good, that's a good stat. How much? I, I said 10, tack, 10 tackles for a loss for Mac. 12 for Fletcher Cox. Folks, they're, they're, we're not talking about a big difference here. Yeah. We're, honestly, we're really but not. Di- I but know one's an edge rusher, exactly. one's a defensive tackle. Right, but right. I think that speaks a little bit more to the D-tackle who gets double teamed Hey, we a didn't lot. talk about Akeem Hicks, my friend. We did not. He's another he's home he's tremendous. Oh but is he better God. than Michael Bennett? Different, different player players, again. He, I know. He, Hicks I know. is a leverage player who, for a guy as big as he is, gets tremendous pressure on the quarterback. Right. He He... Gets in there. Uh, Eddie Goldman, their nose tackle is terrific. Good player, really good player. Roquan Smith, who we didn't mention. Danny yeah. Trevathan. Aaron Lynch is not expected to play. He's their third outside right. linebacker. Leonard Floyd has been okay. Not, uh, he not, broke his hand earlier in the season. Yeah, but he's, he's not good, river, but not great. You know, right. And, and Kevin White, eh. He, doesn't, he, he may not even play anymore. Who? Kevin White, right? The receiver? Be- yeah. He plays a little bit, but not very much. Only, he only played, I think, because they had injuries to Gabriel last week and, and, and Allen Robinson. Oh, they're both going to play. So, yeah. Uh, the slot, the slot receiver Anthony Miller, he injured the same left shoulder which he dislocated earlier in the season. He's right. going to play with it. If you saw the Minnesota good game, good pick by the way. I'll give him that. Good pick. He's a good player. He's tough, good but player. he's hurt. Right. Uh, you don't worry about any th- any of the receivers. Could they beat them? Sure. I worry about if I'm the Eagles, Khalil Khalil Mack on defense and offensively Cohen and Eddie Jackson. There, right. there are a lot of things they have to get over, but this team's got such a great mentality right now. Yep. They, they they'll scheme a game plan well. I think it's a tight game. Uh, and, and, and just keep, and keep in mind, and this is you know stats or whatever, and yeah. I'm, I'm, I, we can make a book. Keep in mind, he also came from the Raiders. You had to go to a new team, so he had to learn a whole new scheme. How you fit into that scheme? How many reps you're going to play the first game? How many next you're going to play the second game? That is a big deal when you're playing with the Raiders. He had no really buddy else there, well, so they were that, always double teamed. But now he's around better players, right? Yeah, so but, doesn't well, that also make? Capitalize on his help. Help him capitalize on his strength. Well, yeah, no. What I'm saying. You're talking I, about from a sack number. I get yeah, it. no. So yeah, when he uh, with the sacks, I was talking about when he was playing with the Raiders because right. he didn't have anybody else. They double team him, or they'll keep the tight end, or they'll chip. And also because their teams were playing against the Raiders, they were winning so much that you ran the ball more, so he had less chances to rush the quarterback. That's fair. So there's That's all fair. these things. And then when he went to the Bears, you know, there's different things when you get double teamed. But the bottom line is that he is a good player, and he could be dominant. And the Eagles have to account for him. There's no doubt. Right. Well, let me let me throw this in. I got this from uh, scouting source. He said that. Uh, Jordan Hicks not moving as well as he did before the calf injury. I would not, if I were coaching them, I would not have him on the field as more as much as usual had he been healthy. Expect t- tr- them to go uh, with, with Tariq Cohen a lot and attack the Eagles' void there when Hicks is in the game. Yeah, I mean they've been playing a lot of dime right with Bradham in there and not as much Hicks. So which wasn't like that before. No, Hicks, no it wasn't in previous years when Hicks was great. This guy was it was two linebackers. It was Hicks and Bradham. That's a factor, so keep that. watch that on Sunday. Definitely. All right, next factor fiction. Adam, Nick Foles is the best quarterback on the field Sunday. Yes, fact. 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 I think there's no doubt. I go fact, too. Yep. That, I think it's fair. But that also means in performance how they perform. It's not just going in. Is he the best quarterback? Do no, we I'm believe he'll perform? Who is the best overall quarterback? I think he'll perform as the best of the two quarterbacks on Sunday. Yeah, okay. and it definitely experience-wise, I mean, I like Trubisky, and I think he's got a tremendous upside. He's done a tremendous job in the first couple of years leading that Bear offense, and he plays within the framework, and uh, he can he can use his feet. There's no doubt about that. So they got to be careful when they when they flush him. But I think I, anybody would take Nick Foles going to that game. All right, last one before we uh, get into our predictions. Oh, this is and get so much here. fun. Keep going. Alshon <laughs> Jeffrey will have a bigger game than Zach Ertz. Fact or fiction? Billy. Man. Fact. Why? 
because uh, I think the Bears will play more zone, so he'll be able to work the middle of the field a little bit more, be able to run those little option routes, whereas on the outside, you know, and I think also, again, zone, they're a little more comfortable throwing in the middle of the field, and I don't think you're going to have as many chances for the home run. That's all. All right. So Jeffrey, Hope I'm wrong. Hope there are some long ones, but I think well, that, you don't you know, have to be wrong. It's, it's either way if one yeah. of them has a big game. Adam? I'm going to go with Ertz will have the, be- the better game just because underneath where he excels, there are some voids that you can use. Bears are still very good against the tight end, and they grade out well against the tight end. I like that Eddie Jackson's playing with a bad ankle. I think that helps. I'll, I'll take Ertz in a big game. All right, so Billy says fact. You say fiction. No, I'm going to. Too. We're, we're both, we're both agree. Well, I'm going with Ertz. No, you said Alshon. He said no, Ertz. I said Ertz. I said Ertz is going to have the better game I'm because so of, it's zone. Oh, no, plays oh, downfield. I just can't. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, my ears are going. That's okay. I, then I'm going to I'm going to say um, fact that Alshon Jeffrey will have a bigger game than Ertz. I okay. watched. Uh, a lot of tape of the Bears-Packers game. And listen, this is one game, but yeah. uh, what I saw from Amukamara, who's going to be on Alshon's side, is a guy who plays a lot of tight coverage, a lot of physical coverage, but that cost him against Devontae Adams. Rodgers and Adams got him two or three times on similar routes that you see from Jeffrey. Deep digs, uh, 50-50 type ball. So I'm going to think that this is an area that Doug and Nick want to exploit Alshon's size against – he's got he's 6'3", and Amukamura is like six. So you got three inches and about 10 to 12 pounds on him. I think they're going to go after him. I think so, too. And, you know, something we've talked about so many topics, but just to throw this out there, we haven't really mentioned it, but how good have the Eagles wide receivers been the last couple of weeks? Yeah, how I mean, about that, that? That, that? Especially that, Nelson, too. Exactly. They've all really elevated their game in the last four or five weeks. He, it's been amazing. Yeah, and he is, as teams have told me that have played the Eagles and watched the tape already, he is their shot play, shot play receiver right now. He is – out of the slot, he's, a, he's more of a vertical threat outside there or inside there, and he makes plays downfield. He adds something. That really helps him. I would like them to get someone else to get downfield. It might have to be Jeffrey. They don't really have anyone else who could do it theoretically, but he can run, and I'll tell you what, that, that bomb a couple weeks ago was beautiful. He tracked that ball. Oh, and that was throw an amazing was, job. Boy, they needed that. So wow. at least they put that on tape. Knowing that the Bears have seen that, that's something else they have to defend. I look forward to some offseason podcasts that will do – where you talk to your sources, I talk to mine, and Ozzy just kind of breaks down both receivers in Golden Tate and Nelson Aguilar. And Nelson, uh, Golden, Golden Tate won't be back. I well, that's, I, I just look forward. Thanks, Adam. I, I was about to say how I look forward to these discussions, Sorry. and you just threw the wet blanket on it. But I, it's tra- I get it. I get it, it sure yeah. looks that way. But, yeah, I, yeah. I, we'll, we'll see. You know, money talks, and we'll, we'll see. But I agree. I agree with this. They're both not coming back. Obviously, you can't have both. Well, and Nelly, Nelson they could just roll their contract. Yeah, I mean, Nelly, yeah, Nelly will. But right. I wonder, speaking of Tate, do you think he could be a factor in this game? I, I keep wondering if there's going to be that game where, you know, the see, I, I think this. You know, Doug th- does things differently in the playoffs, right? He finds the guys that haven't been exploited, or he, he pulls out the Philly special, or he does some kind of trick play. I, I wonder if he's thought – there's a way for him to really spring Golden Tate here against the Bears because there's just not a lot of tape of Golden Tate doing a whole lot of big things for the Eagles. It's funny that you say that. I was driving earlier today and yesterday, and I was thinking to myself, are the Eagles finally going to play on turf this week? And I kept thinking Soldier Field. I know they revamped it, but I, is, it, is, it, is it grass? I think it's still grass. I think it, it like is, that. too. grass, and nobody likes it. Yeah, and that's <laughs> what I was thinking because, again, we talked about I was waiting to see how Golden Tate, if he would have a different game. But I think that they're starting to work him a little bit more, and I think with the emergence of some of the other receivers, he could be somebody that has his best game. And, listen, he, he, he's a veteran guy. He is, this is not going to be too big of a, of a situation for him. So it would be nice to have him have a breakout game. Um, uh, I, I would expect him probably have his most catches thus far 
I really do. I think he's going to have as really? much punches. Yep. All right. Wow. I think they're going to. I think they're going to use him by, in a way because he's very good at finding those little seams in the zone. I think they're going to see a lot of zone, and I think that that's something that you know he did. Was it last week or the week after he had a really good before he had a good run after the catch? Was it last week? One, that was the um, not the Washington. I think it, it was, was the, last um, week when he banged into those guys and got off a couple tackles. Are, were you talking about the freelance game where up the left sideline? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. It was within the last two. Because anyway, that's what right. that's what they could use yeah. that they really don't get from the receivers. Like Nelson, obviously, if he's in stride downfield, but they could use yeah, him. Elusive look. ability. Yeah. He's played. Look, he plays the Bears two, twice a year when he was in the Lions. He knows his right. defense. He does. He absolutely does. All right, that's a good segue into our predictions here. So we're gonna do this really quick before we get out of here. Ozzy, give me. A I'm position. going last. All right, Adam, let's, give let's me a prediction. You guys are prima donnas, man. I got Bears. Say. No, you always go here last. Here it is. Bears seventeen, Eagles twenty. Oh, I like that. I like how you smile. You had me all confused for a second. All Bears right. seventeen, Eagles twenty. Yeah. What do you got? I'm going. I'm looking. I, I wrote my stuff down, so I want to make sure I get it. Drew, I wanna, <laughs> you have I to write it down. Come I on, did, man. I was thinking I about you that. Write, you wrote it down. Go ahead. No, I'm waiting for you. Go ahead. No, no. I always go last. I'm the moderator. No, 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 no. This is what, what? I said. You can go. You can't you switch. Go. All right. Ahead, I go. do think the Eagles are going to win. Um, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Yes, I did not say high-scoring game for the first time in forever. Breaking news, hashtag. I, I know. So I will say <laughs> the Eagles are going to win 21-17. to 17. Wow. Very good. I'm All just right. basically copying off my initial. My initial gut was the Bears uh-huh. will win this game. My initial gut. But after looking at all that stuff. I had the birds thirteen to ten. I had seventeen thirteen. Wow. I said, thirteen, I thirteen 10. to ten. Wow. At seventeen thirteen, then I said thirteen ten. So I'm going with thirteen right, ten. C- could you guys do this before we sign off? I want to know why you p- you're making your pick and like give me some background, Jeff. Your analysis on why you think the Eagles will win. Low scoring game, a lot of punting. Um, but I do. I, here's how I feel like I feel like the Bears will have the early lead, but they will not be able to hold on to it late in the game because of their inexperience. And I just think the Eagles will make more plays. I think the I think the birds right now have, have shown the ability that they can overcome things on offense, and I think they're going to have really good schemes. I think Doug is peaking at the right time. I think with Nick in there is going to give them an edge, and I think defensively they're going to have a uh, a great game. I think it's going to be low scoring, and I think because of that, the Eagles' special teams will come into play. And I think with punting and everything else, I think the Eagles have the uh, advantage. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really, in my opinion, because of their rush and also because of Doug Peterson's play calling. All right. Yep. All right. Well, listen, thank you to everybody. That's going to do it for Inside the Birds, presented by Defend Your Head. Remember to check them out at defendyourhead.com. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you to this great crowd at the Market Tavern. Catch us Saturday on air, WIP, from 3 to 4 o'clock for Inside the Birds Radio. And as always, come down to the Market Tavern, great Irish pub on 30th the Market in downtown Philly, right across from the 30th Street Station. Great food, great drinks, and great Eagles talk. That'll do it for Inside the Birds. Catch you guys next time. <laughs>